You're listening to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion! Well, hello everybody and welcome to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. I am your host, CZG123, and I'm in the place to be. And I'd like to thank all of you beautiful listeners for tuning in and just dropping out. Don't forget to subscribe and peep this amazing radio show on most major podcast platforms. You can also visit czg123.blogspot.com. There, there's an embedded radio player so you can listen to old episodes while reading articles that I've written about various aspects of music. So thank you so much uh, for joining me right here on the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. Uh, As always, I have a lot of fantastic music across many genres to play for you out there listening. And uh, again, you know, this is the uh, perfect radio radio show to listen to while you're working, while you're driving, while you're running, while you're uh, maybe having some people over and you need some background stuff. And you can share this program with your friends, family, and tell them just uh, how absolutely incredible it is. Today we will be playing one of my favorite segments, Who's Better, The Who or The Doors? The Doors or The Who? Uh, It's been a few episodes, I believe, since we last played this segment, so I'm looking very forward to it. And uh, again, I still can't decide who's better, The Who or The Doors? The Doors or The Who? So we will explore that later. And um, yeah, I hope everyone out there is staying safe, getting ready for the uh, holidays uh, tonight. Uh, as of recording this episode is night six, I believe, of Hanukkah, which is fantastic. Two more nights uh, to complete and fill up that menorah with the beautiful candles. Celebrating Hanukkah, and then we go right into Christmas. Very exciting. I love the holiday season so much. Because born a Catholic Jew, I get to celebrate both holidays. I'm very fortunate. Uh, so, yeah, you know, have you been shopping yet? Is it too soon? Do you have a tree? Are the decorations up? Uh, hopefully your menorahs are lit, yeah? And, uh, hopefully you have been, uh, decorating a tree, stringing popcorn through string. Who does that anymore? Does anyone still string popcorn together and put it on the tree? I sure hope so. Uh, Ovaltine, uh, sadly to say, has backed out as one of our sponsors. We do still have A1 Steak Sauce, and they uh, would prefer I keep away from what's happening in the news because, according to them, it doesn't align with their views. So, unfortunately, uh, unless we find another sponsor, that segment's going to be gone. Uh, it shouldn't prevent me from going ahead and telling you the news, uh, which I will do right now. Uh, in downtown Los Angeles today, a uh, bunch of watermelons and cantaloupe were thrown from roofs. The suspects have yet to be caught. However, they did leave a trail of seeds. So hopefully these bandits will be caught. They're being dubbed the fruit bandits. And that's the news. That's pretty much the only news that uh, I'm allowed to do, and I'm doing it on my own, and that's okay. So without further ado, uh, after this message, we're going to jump right into some uh, our first Rainbow Flipper musical explosion. So here we go. Love that D'Agostino, love that dag, dag, dag. Recipe for fun is in the dag, dag, dag. Love those veggies. Oh, love that meat. 
Enough of this lovemaking. What do you say we eat? So please, Mr. D'Agostino, move closer to me. USDA Choice Beef Shoulder for London Broil. $1.89 a pound at D'Agostino. Bye, bye. 
of all flavors. Crooked cops locking my peoples behind cages. Wrecking majors, the diamond district. Body bags are all stacked up as another statistic. Dirty water dogs or Morton Steakhouse fillets. Stand out in New York, I love my salad ways. Evil thoughts can lead to some positive energy. New York, New York, the best place of the century. Bad as good, good as a hood. Evil lurks in the shadow, I wish a nigga would. Positive thoughts can lead to some negative energy. New York, New York, the best place of the century. Salute. Most of the lives dudes is dead. Some folks being polite, some rude instead. The melting pot is overflowing with lead. In the winter it's brick. The summertime is like a sweltering hotbed. Manhattan keeps on making, shaking fake tips and bacon bits. Put it on a rich forsaken glitz in the snake pit. Bootleg bags off canal is bogus cowskin. You might can see the rackers albums go past every now and then. Thousands of skeletons found under ground zero. Hundreds of years old remains of the brown negro Built on the backs of immigrants in search of a better life But all they get is credit and stress and get a strife Or read your rights dead wrong or dead right Hey night Zombies staring deer stuck in the headlights Fucking Harlem Got that work Come and get the nada for nada and get jerked Bad Good Good as you could Evil lurks in the shadow I wish a nigga would
How about that? You just heard from Mother Love Bone, their song, Man of Golden Words. We've uh, spoken about Mother Love Bone here in the past with regards to uh, their lead singer, uh, Andrew Wood, uh, passing away. And that helped uh, prompt or put together the band Temple of the Dog. Chris Cornell had been roommates with Andrew Wood. Now, Mother Love Bone was really uh, a fantastic band. Unfortunately, they were short-lived due to the passing of Andrew Wood. Uh, great songwriter, fantastic voice. They were around only from 1988 to 1990, and they formed in Seattle back in 1988. Uh, definitely to be considered in the grunge uh, alternative scene, or alt-metal as they called them, which I guess on uh, the last episode we played some Helmet, and they're also deemed alternative metal. Um, there were signs of Polygram, and had they kept going, they really were about to blow up, meaning go on a bunch of tours, and I mean, this band just had a ton of talent. Mother Love Bone, of course, consists of Andrew Wood, Bruce Fairweather on the rhythm guitar, Stone Gossard, uh, who was uh, lead guitar, did backing vocals, Jeff Immense, bass, Greg Gilmore on the drums, and then also uh, Reagan uh, Hagar on the drums. They're, uh, uh, they put a bunch of singles out, and I believe they only have, yeah, they only have the one studio album, uh, which is called Apple, came out in 1990, on the Mercury label. So yeah, that's Mother Love Bone, I think that's a great song, Man of Golden Words. Before that, you heard from Doom, Doom Starks. Now, Doom Starks is actually MF Doom paired up with Ghostface Killer. I mean, wow, what a lethal combination of MCs. Uh, there were, this comp- this uh, collaboration had always been in the works since about 2011. And, um, you know, actually, well, 2011, I think, is when they dropped uh, their single. Uh, their first single was titled Victory Lapse. And so I beg your pardon, that came out in 2011. But the project itself, between the two, uh, or with the two rather, uh, first came up in 2006. The idea was tossed around and everyone was really excited. I mean, imagine that, MF Doom and Ghostface Killer from Wu-Tang working together. So initially they were gonna be called Ghost Doom, and then uh, about 2009 on the album Born Like This, on Doom's album, Born Born Like This. Um, There's a track called Angels with a Z, which has Ghostface and MF Doom. That's a great, great track, by the way. And Ghostface goes by Tony Starks, so it only makes sense that you would call their uh, group Doom Starks. Uh, That was their song, uh, 
Livelihood, I believe. I want to say it's called Livelihood, but uh, let me make, yeah, it was called Livelihood. And uh, so unfortunately, I think all we have from them is what I played Livelihood and Victory Laps. Uh, I mean, it just, it makes your mind wander and consider what, what if MF Doom were still around? Would they have picked up where they left off? Would they eventually come out with a full-length album together? Uh, one can only hope that they would have. And if they would have, man, it just kind of makes it all the more uh, sad that they were unable to complete that project. And then starting off that Rainbow Flipper musical explosion, we heard from the Ford Bailey, an amazing, amazing harmonica player. That was his track, Muscle Shoals Blues. Um, he was born in 1899 in Tennessee, passed away in 1982 at the tender age of 82, also passed away in Tennessee. Um, harmonica, just a harmonica genius, uh, played from a very early age, and he kind of dominated from the 20s until like the early 40s, late 30s. And um, he's one of the first to uh, appear on Nashville radio um, on uh, the Grand Ole Opry and the first African-American performer on the show itself. So pretty amazing harmonica wizard. Uh, he learned how to play their harmonica uh, while uh, getting better and on the men from polio. As a child, he had polio, which is crazy. It's crazy to consider, right, that that was a thing. I mean, our children had to deal with uh, living through a couple years of the pandemic and staying at home and wearing masks, but polio, geez louise. And I believe also uh, Theodore Roosevelt. Was it Theodore Roosevelt or perhaps Mitch McConnell? I think maybe it might have been Mitch McConnell. And I know that's like a crazy range talking from Theodore Roosevelt to Mitch McConnell. I, but one of them, I believe, had was born with polio. Probably Teddy Roosevelt, not too sure. Not too sure one of those guys had it, though. Uh, so polio, obviously, was a very common thing back in the day. Um, and he had it. And once he started getting better, the Ford Bailey started playing harmonica as much as possible. And what I love about this track is uh, he does this really cool trick, which I'm, I'm under the impression it was he who came up with it. But uh, I play harmonica, too. I love playing harmonica. But he does this really cool trick where... You hear it vibrate like a brrr, and he's while he's on the harmonica, he is doing that. He's you know how you roll your R's when you speak Spanish or you go Arr. he's doing that through the harmonica to make it sound like it's vibrating or shaking and it's really cool what he can do with a note doing that effect. So very cool effect. Uh, pretty much a pioneer and just uh, that instrument just mastering their harmonica and um, very, very influential. And uh, unfortunately, as is the case most with most artists, especially from this era, the 20s and 30s, way back, is he didn't really get uh, as much fame and uh, admiration until he passed away. So, you know, I, perhaps not that many folks knew about him, but uh, I consider him a very important blues musician, blues artist, um, the Ford Bailey. 
So coming right up after another important message, we're going to have some more Rainbow Flipper musical explosions. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and share this program with friends, family, enemies, loved ones, people you work with, whomever. And uh, visit czg123.blogspot.com. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So now, without further ado, a message, and then we're going to dive right back in. So keep on listening.
Yeah, it's at O. Jules, what up? Let's get it. Uh. The Black Panther, uh. you lack banter. Uh-huh. No candor, I'm the champ. Yeah. Raise the banner, don't make me raise the hammer. Uh. The Black United Leader and Commander, the great Alexander. You hate and you slander, make me royalty with grandeur. You so slow, salamander. Plus, you don't understand her. We smoking herbs like coriander. It's an easy question, but a difficult answer. Huh. Now let's get down to the particulars. Up and down, side to side, perpendicular. We dissing you, I'm sick of you. Without the bells and whistles and the extracurriculars. Uh. I get it started like foreplay, it's your day, Vienna to Norway, divorcee, I do it with no horseplay, Edel sit back and let the horns play. Any and all, whoever had a doubt, we laughing out, loud smoking, we outspoken, working while you loafing, we open, you closed and broken, you a money spender, I'm a time spender, with splendor, rhyme enter, assign gender, a fine tender, underground hip hop, it was a prime vendor, I'm in your head, it's a mind bender, you got a gun, fire it, we don't admire it, skills we acquired it, in the lion's pit, put your ass in the fire pit for trying it. We ain't buying it, cause you soft like the color violet. Edo stay fly like a pilot, captain of the ship, but I play like a pirate. You in the middle like a torso, watch the floor show. We sit back, watch the horns blow. Well, how about that one? That comes uh, from uh, Brother Joel, who uh, keeps hooking me up with different songs, and Brother Jason, and uh, Brother Dan, and Brother Pete, and Brother Ruddy, and anyone else out there. I love when he keeps sending me songs to check out. I get to take a deep dive. I learn to, uh, I learn about new music and other music that's new to me. And Brother Hob and so many people have turned me on to different songs, and this is one of them. It's a song called "Let It Go." Uh, featuring Ed O.G., the artist is Jules Hiro. Now, this comes from the album Klonoki's Kitchen, and uh, there isn't that much information, yeah, about Jules Hiro, although I can tell you that um, he put out uh, quite a few albums, and uh, he's really a producer, and he's based in Vienna. And, uh, you know, it's very jazzy. A lot of his music is very jazzy, hip-hop-y based. 
And um, yeah, he has a couple of uh, projects out there, records that are just instrumentals. And um, it's pretty awesome. I gotta say, unfortunately, that's really about it. That's all I really know about him other than uh, you could find his albums. Uh, he's on a label known as Krekpek uh, Records, which is based in Berlin, Germany. Uh, so very interesting. Uh, let's go. Great track. Great track. Um, before that, you heard Gazara doing their cover of Shock the Monkey, uh, a song originally written by, um, uh, of course, um, now I'm blanking on his name, uh, Peter Gabriel. Sorry, it can't. Peter Gabriel's version of Shock the Monkey came out in 1982. Uh, that was Gazara. Gazara's uh, actually the mastermind of Fran, uh, Francesco Gazzara. Um, he has himself a sort of uh, lounge bossa nova band, yeah, that he put together. And um, he's mostly based out of England, I believe. Uh, although I, I think he was born in Spain. Uh, again, not that information I was able to dig up about him. Uh, but he's been around and the band's been around for about 25 years, which is pretty impressive. And um, they've played with a lot of different uh, musicians uh, from Essimo Sana, Mauro Mitri. Um, so uh, yes, they are uh, from Spain, uh, a lot of these musicians, including Francesco. Um, and uh, he has covered a lot of songs. Uh, from bands like Steely Dan, as you just heard, Peter Gabriel. Um, and they've appeared on a bunch of lounge act compilations. Uh, so they're just very cool. I love uh, the vocals on that. I wish I could tell you who is singing uh, on that track, but she sounds great. Uh, man, I just feel so badly to not have as much information as I, I, I wish I did about these songs. I'd like to say that perhaps, hmm, I think her name might be Desiree Muhammad, actually. Uh, and she's from Chicago. So it's a band that's based all over the place, really. Uh, but uh, their first album came out in 1996, and that's a great rendition of a really cool song. Before that, you heard, um, from Thelonious Monk, great song, Don't Blame Me, which is from his 1963 album, Thelonious Monk, Crisscross. Now, this was his first record on Columbia, and this and some other of his uh, albums on Columbia, a lot of people find fault with because he's, it's basically, his content is rehashed, uh, some of it, not all of it, but on a lot of his albums on Columbia, uh, such as this track, Don't Blame Me, he did different takes. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but apparently a lot of jazz aficionados felt cheated. Uh, but if you ask me, it's no different than when they have a reissue of, say, Coltrane or Charlie Parker vinyl or record that has unreleased different takes. I mean, it's, it's cool to see, uh, you know, how they came up with the song, how they improved upon it. So I don't know. I mean, I love this take. I think it's a great song. 
Um, it's on side two of this album, which is really amazing. And I don't care what any of the critics say. I mean, it's just that there's that just doesn't hold any water. Why would you be upset? And also that's Columbia, right? Columbia ultimately, yeah, gets like final approval. So don't blame the artist. The artist is only going to the label saying like, hey, I'd like to do this. The label totally has the control really in a lot of cases, certainly in the case of jazz. I don't think there were, uh, even though there were so many jazz, you know, prominent jazz artists and artists in general out there, bands and such, it was pretty rare that the artists were able to choose what wouldn't and would make an album. That was pretty much all on the labels. Uh, hey, that would make a great single. Oh, hey, that would sound great on radio. But nowadays it's completely different, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of deals have uh, creative uh, freedom to choose what's going to be on an album. I guess it varies, uh, but I'm under the impression that Columbia was like, this is great. So I think it's great too. Don't blame me. Don't blame him. Don't blame him. It's not his fault. It's another take. You should be psyched. Uh, and then leading off that Rainbow Flipper musical explosion, we heard from the amazing Buffy St. Marie with her song Soldier Blue. Now, I before I get into the craziness of her background, uh, that's a great song, Soldier Blue. I think it's really uh, well arranged, beautiful melody. She sounds great. Uh, in 1983, she co-wrote the song Up Where We Belong, which is a huge song, right? Uh, and that was actually for the film An Officer and a Gentleman, 1983. And she won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. Song also won a Golden Globe Award for Best Original Song that same year. And um, now, she uh, was born in 1941. And uh, apparently, you see, she... Okay, she claims that she has indigenous Canadian ancestry and that she uh, feels uh, a, a very big connection with Native Americans. And so uh, a lot of people uh, believed it and they thought this is amazing. And a lot of uh, Native American musicians and organizations were like, wow, she's like absolutely incredible. She's so great for our culture. Um, but uh, she was actually born in uh, Massachusetts and um, they were an American couple. You know, her, her parents were actually born in Italy and her mom has English ancestry. Now, as time went on, it came out. She was huge, by the way. I gotta tell you just how, you have to understand how huge she was. Mr. Can't See You in 1972 was a huge top 40 hit for her. Soldier Blue was a huge hit for her. She was on Pete Seeger's Rainbow Quest with Pete Seeger in 1965. She had appeared on Johnny Carson, American Bandstand, even Soul Train. She was all over the place. And she was presented with an award uh, basically for um, being, uh, let me get the exact name of this, but she was given something like this National Arts um, Native American Award, right? Um, and, oh, man, it's just kind of crazy. Okay, so I wish I could find the name of the award. Um, ah, here we go. She uh, got the Juno Award for Indigenous Music Album of the Year in 2018. It was an album called Medicine Songs. 
She received Best Folk Album at the Indigenous Music Awards. Uh, she got the Juno Award, the Indigenous Music Award. Uh, she's received the Governor General's Performing Arts Award, Honorary Doctor of Fine Arts. I mean, just endless, endless, endless. There was even a Canadian post stamp, postage stamp of Bapu St. Marie a couple years ago. Here's the thing. She's actually not Native American. According to big investigations that came out, uh, conducted by the CBCs, the Fifth Estate, they were, uh, they dug deep and they found out uh, that she was actually not Native American. I mean, they found out she was born in Massachusetts. She claimed that, uh, you know, she had, um, Algonquin blood and uh, that she was uh, that she had descendants of Piapa and Star Blanket and um, anyways it came out that it was none of it was true and the CBC News even published her birth certificate stating that she was from Massachusetts and had white parents and even her son uh came out on her defense and said that she obtained her claims to native identity through naturalization, not by birth. And so she claims, uh, and the son claims, that it actually wasn't that she was claiming to be Native American, but she was acknowledging the fact that she was adopted into Native American culture. And to this day, some folks do say that that's absolutely true, that she was kind of got like this indigenous people pass, even though she really wasn't. So a lot of people think that she should get her uh, awards stripped, any awards that pertain to her being Native American. So very controversial artist, however, extremely talented. Take with it what you will. As we've seen here and uh, throughout society, you know, some creatives and artists and, you know, they have this dark side or they have a side that we don't even realize is, you know, what's real and what's not. So, um, yeah, I mean, at what point do we, you know, ultimately in order to enjoy some of the music from these artists, we have to separate all that, uh, which makes them you know, less desirable to, to, to know about or learn more about from their music because their music is more often than not phenomenal. She's a great singer. She's a great songwriter. Uh, but I have to separate her from that controversy. Just as in the last episode, we were talking about this terrible racist bigot, anti-Semite, Fiddlin' John Carson, great musician. Perhaps the godfather of country music as we know it. But, you know, he went to KKK rallies. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough, you know? It, it's like, what do we do? You know, they say Walt Disney was anti-Semitic, yet most everyone I know has the Disney app, goes to Disneyland. You know, you, can, you have to separate it. You have to separate it. Sometimes. Sometimes not, obviously. It all depends, right? We pick and choose our battles. But... Anyways, I digress. That's Buffy St. Marie. I love that song, Soldier Blue. And I don't in any way condone her uh, lying 
if if she is indeed lying, which it sounds like she is because she was exposed. Anyways, let's let's keep going here. This is the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. Yeah, yeah. And uh, thank you for listening. We have more music coming your way. And please don't forget to share this program with all of your friends, all of your family. Check out czg123.blogspot.com. You can uh, contact me and let me know any requests you may have. Uh, maybe there's something you really want to listen to. You may even have comments about Buffy St. Marie. So just call and let me know. 213-839-9830. That's 213-839-9830. So leave a message on that line. Uh, anything anyone requests will definitely be played because I do have access to every single song ever made since 8 BC. I am your host, CZG123. Coming up, another musical explosion right after I get a couple of words from our sponsors in. So hold your horses. Suburban Mall for a price. They can also be purchased here at Hatch Galore for less. That's Hatch Galore, Hatch Galore. We're your favorite fine hat store. Hatch Galore, Hatch Galore. We've got hats and so much more. Hatch Galore, Hatch Galore. Come on in. We're right next door. Hatch Galore, Hatch Galore. We got hats and this and that. Hatch Galore. 10061 Gratiot in Detroit. Call 313-579-1761. I've tried fad diets, powders, pills. Still, my weight's been up and down like a yo-yo until the AIDS plan taught me how to take off weight and help keep it off. AIDS may taste like a candy, but AIDS contains one of the most effective appetite suppressants you can buy, and there's no stimulant in AIDS that could make you nervous. With AIDS, I ate less, so the weight came off. To help keep it off when I sometimes want things loaded with calories, AIDS helps put me in control. Let the AIDS plan teach you how to take off weight and help keep it off. Try peanut butter AIDS. <laughs> Excuse me, I still can't believe that uh, peanut butter AIDS really does help keep the weight off. Uh, here we go. Let's just jump right back in. Who's ready for the next Rainbow Flipper musical explosion? I know I am. Strategically dipped for 
Yeah, that is my man, Grant Green. Grant Green with his amazing track, Down Here on the Ground. And all of you Q-Tip and Tribe Called Quest fans might recognize the very beginning of the song and throughout you hear that common melody come up, which is sampled on, I believe, Low End Theory. Man, I'm, of course I'm senile and I'm blanking. If anyone can please remember the name of that Tribe Quest uh, song that samples this, I would greatly appreciate it because my mind's drawing a blank. I can hear it and I can hear Q-Tip opening the rhyme. Oh, the vibes, got the vibes. Yeah, vibes, vibes and stuff. Thank you. Woo. Okay, vibes and stuff off of the low end theory. Sampled this amazing song by Grant Green. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Grant Green was born in St. Louis, Missouri, passed away at the tender age of only 43 in New York City. Uh, wow, he passed away way too soon. Uh, he had played on Blue Note, and he played with a lot of different musicians. Uh, he was really active in like the late 50s, early 60s, up until the late 70s. Um, he had many influences from Charlie Christian, who I've played on the show and discussed with Brother Dave. Uh, Charlie Parker, uh, just Alessia Young. I mean, it's kind of endless. Um, he played with Elvin Jones and um, just an amazing musician. And uh, he was on uh, Bruno and, and, and just kept coming up with all the stuff that just like blew everyone's mind. And I think he made a very good case and proof, presented evidence that guitarists are also part of the bebop movement. Um, so yeah, Grant Green, very important jazz artist, um, great, great solid track down here on the ground. I'm so happy I was able to remember what Tribe Called Quest song that was that sampled it. Before that, you heard the song from Madness, one of my favorite groups from uh, England, Baggy Trousers. Now, Madness have had 16 singles reach the UK top 10, and that's one of them. They also have One Step Beyond, House of Fun, and they're known mostly for their huge hit, Our House. And that's their biggest hit here in the United States, and it reached number seven on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, they are absolutely amazing and awesome. 1976 they formed, broke up in 1986, got back together in the 90s. Uh, we're talking about Chris Foreman, Mark, Bra Mark Barson, Lee Thompson. Uh, Graham Suggs McPherson, Dan Woodgate, Mark Bedford. Uh, there were some other members that have come in and out of the group. Um, the six-piece band lasted until like the late 70s. And then, um, you know, they, they just had like all these horn players and just great musicians. Uh, maybe one of the earliest ska groups? Well, no, ska I guess had been around, but um, they it was like fun ska you know i guess we had the specials and um you know the the uh, man i just keep blanking on names the mm, mm, it begins with an m the me meters i'm blanking sorry obviously they're not the creators of ska but they were definitely in that scene um uh one step beyond was actually their first album great album and uh, yeah, I think they're absolutely fantastic. Uh, there was some strife when they were working on their sixth album. 
And uh, I think it was around that time there was a lot of internal strife and they just kind of broke up and got back together in the 90s. Um, so yeah, Madness. Growing up, they were one of my favorites. And then leading off that Rainbow Flipper musical explosion, you heard from Carly Simon. You're so vain. And you may or may not know, you probably already hopefully know, that singing back up with her is Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones. Pretty cool. Uh, my mind was blown when I first heard that because I it's pretty cool. You're like, oh, that's a great backing vocal. Oh, of course, it's, it's uh, Mick Jagger. Uh, now, Carly Simon's great, great songwriter, brilliant. Uh, this song, You're So Vain, uh, came out in 1972. Uh, it's from the album No Secrets. Uh, and if you know that album cover, I'm, I'm not going to say anything, but boy. Uh, <laughs> it was, um, it reached number one in the United States in 1973. And, uh, very big hit for her and had always been a mystery as to who was she talking about in that song who is it a lot of folks say that it could refer to three different men uh in her life and one of them everyone seems to think that um it's warren Beatty, uh whom she uh had a relationship with so i i don't know if that's the definitive word i forget um she said in an interview once that the song was actually not about uh, men, that, that I rather that the song is about men in general and not one specific man. Um, and she would later say, no, the song is not about Mick Jagger. He's on the song. So then it's like everyone just got kind of paranoid. Is it about me? Is it about me? Uh, so it's just really funny, you know? And I think she... Yeah, she put, in 2003, she revealed, she agreed to reveal the name of who the song's about. Uh, she put it up for auction. And uh, with the top bid coming in at about $50,000, um, a person won and was able to find out who the song was about. Under the condition, whoever won this auction and found out, they are, they cannot disclose the name. So that's the so only the person who won that auction and got the name is the only one uh, who's allowed to know the name and they cannot say it. Uh, back in 2007, Warren Beatty in an interview said, "Let's be honest, that song is about me." <laughs> oh man, great song, great song. Uh, you are listening to the Rainbow Flipper Musical Explosion. I am your host, CZG123, in the place to be. I want to thank you again for listening, and I want to get you to, uh, to subscribe and to visit czg123.blogspot.com. Please do subscribe. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. You'll get a notification. This radio show, again, is found on most major podcast platforms. Well, folks, it is that time. It is, my, it is that time, dear listeners. It's time for Who's Better? The Who or The Doors, The Doors, or The Who. Now, I can't recall, because it's been a bit, uh, who went first um, during the last time we we did this, but um, I'm just going to start it off with The Doors. Uh, so here come The Doors, followed by The Who, and uh, we'll come back on the other end to discuss who is better based on this round. <laughs> Thank you. 
teach you how to find yourself.
Yes, what a round. Who's better, the Who or the Doors? The Doors or the Who? You just heard from the Who. That was their song, Anyway, Anyhow, Anywhere, which came out in 1965. Um... This song uh, was only the second single released by The Who in their career. Um, or actually, no, I beg your pardon. It was the second single released in 1965. I'm not too sure if maybe that was their second ever single. Maybe I'm wrong. Not too sure. Uh, the song was written by Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend. Uh, and it's actually the only time in The Who's history that they wrote together. Interesting, right? Um... And there's like some fun feedback. Um, they, uh, you know, it's interesting. He, Roger Daltrey helped uh, figure out like the arrangements of that song. And um, yeah, came out. It was on a uh, great song. It, they, they performed it on a lot of different shows. And um it became one of it became their second top ten single after I can't explain. So obviously this this actually was not their first single. So I can't explain, and then this song reaching top ten, uh, and actually this song reached number ten on the UK singles chart. It remained in the top forty for eleven weeks, six weeks in the top twenty, and one in the top ten. It also became a top forty single in France. Um, However, this song failed to chart in the Billboard Hot 100. Very interesting to note. So yeah, Keith Moon during, doing his thing right there. Um, interesting to note that both David Bowie and the Flaming Lips had covered this song. Before that, from The Doors, you heard La America, which was a song initially intended for the movies A Brisky Point, uh, directed by Michelangelo Antononi, of course. Um, and... It's a pretty cool song. Uh, it's actually interesting to note that Morrison had wanted the word, uh, he intended La America to mean Latin America. Uh, so Michelangelo Antononi heard, Antononi heard the song and uh, he didn't like it. And he was like, I'm not putting this in my movie. So the Doors were like, okay, far out, man. Like, we'll just put it on our album, LA Woman, which they did. And it came out in 1971. So, uh, you know, a kind of a tough round, although I'm going to have to give it to The Who. Um, I think there's a reason why um, the song was rejected from being in Zabriskie Point. Uh, if it were, uh, I don't know, more of, it's just a weird vibe, that song. And it seems like they were sort of in a rush to get it out to be in the movie. Um, it's, there's something very off about the way it doesn't feel like your typical Doors song it just sounds like a tossed salad of Doors sounds uh, if that makes sense whereas the Who is like quintessential Brit pop you know Brit rock you know that whole scene when all these bands are coming out of uh, England and uh, it's just like a fun song uh, very easy to uh, get into and uh, the whole band is just really tight from Keith Moon's drumming to Townsend and uh, Daltrey's uh, attack on that song. It's a great song. So this round of Who's Better, I feel, goes to The Who. Do you agree? Let me know. Feel free to call and leave your opinion anytime you want at 210-666-5555.
213-839-9830. There you can also leave your requests and uh, read uh, and uh, read. You can leave. See, I'm still a little sick, folks. Uh, you can leave requests. You can also leave comments telling me I'm wrong or telling me, wow, you're, you're right. You're, you're 100% right. So again, yeah, I give it to the who. I don't know what the doors were thinking, actually, now with that song. I mean, just very weird. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. It's not just like flew out of my nose. Uh, thanks, Jim Morrison, for that. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, I want to thank you folks so much for listening as always, please don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share this program with all of your friends and let everybody know how amazing the rainbow flipper musical explosion is. I hope that you've enjoyed all the music that you've heard on this episode. And don't forget to check out new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, czg123.blogspot.com. Subscribe on most major podcast platforms. And again, really spread the word. Um, and, uh, you know, music, right? Am I right? It's I, I, a lot. I got to say, like 80% of the tunes that I play, particularly on this episode. Well, in, in general, I don't know a lot of the stuff. Uh, the material and the music that I'm playing. I'm not familiar with it, rather. You know, I get it, uh, or I find it. Uh, I do some research about the band or artists that I, I dig, and I listen to more of their work. Uh, on this episode in particular, like I, I was kind of very unfamiliar with a lot of the music on here. Probably about, like I'd say, 80%, I was going to say, of the tunes that I played. So that just always gives me such a thrill, and that's why I love doing this, and hopefully you feel that love when you're listening to this show. And um, as I leave you, I just want to remind you, yeah, you know, love of music is what really helps uh, alleviate pain, depression, anxiety, everything, you know, more than you know. We have to give more credit to music. And uh, it's fun. It's fun for me, at least, to when you listen to the music, just dive into it, you know, especially if a song hits you. It's, it's good to learn more about, like, who, who, who came up with this music that's affected you. You know, it's like reading a good book. You want to learn more about the author, right? Sometimes we gravitate towards a certain book the way we gravitate towards a certain album because we're familiar with the band or artist. But then when you read a new book that you're on, you don't know who the art, uh, author is, you know, you want to find out who the author is. You want to find out who the band is. So, um, you know, continue to love uh, the creativity from these amazing artists and bands. Let's try to separate who they may be their dark sides and just focus on the music that they've given us because it lasts you know there are some songs that are able to last the test of time and in addition to loving music and loving the arts uh let's continue to love one another and love ourselves in loving ourselves we are better able to love others